Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hey there, friends. It is I, your host, Nick of Nick's Nerd News. How wild is that, right? That that I my ego is so big that I had to name my show after me. But this is a one-man gig, right? So, I mean, you kind of have to do that. It's like, how else would I identify as, as, as the host of the show? Or how else would I call a show where it's just me talking? I mean, that would be... Why are we talking about the name of the show? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I go off on tangents. Anyway, friends, welcome. Welcome back. If you've been listening, I'm happy to have you as, as fans. If you're new to the show, welcome in. I'm happy to have you. I'm sure you can see that uh, this is an explicit show. So if you didn't know that there's cursing and you're not about cursing, stick around still if you want. I... Uh, it's not gratuitous. It's not. It's not just thrown around for the sake of it. That's that's for damn sure. So, uh, pardon my French ahead of time, but that's that's what you're gonna hear. Okay, and <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I'm joking around. Obviously, you know I I speak off the cuff. This is not this is not for children. It's not for the children, if 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 you will. But in all seriousness, welcome to the show. It is March 10th. Today is Wednesday, March 10th. Wow. Can you believe Can you believe a year ago things were wildly different in this country? Just 1 year ago things were very 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 different and that that that's can't believe it's taken this long. I don't want to go into that too much because that's not that's not what we're about, right? We're not we're not here to talk about stupid shitty things that happen. Let me rephrase that. We're not here to talk about things that that are unfortunate and needed to be done and unfortunately were not done. Anyway, this is a nerd podcast, right? Let's not talk about that stuff. We're going to delve into some things today just because that's the nature of of this business and that, that will come later in the program. But again, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. As always, like, subscribe, share, poke, fun, follow. Do whatever it is that you do on whatever app or thing you listen to and choose to listen through. Up to you guys. But, without further ado, why don't we just hop into what we're all here to talk about. And let's get on with the show, shall we? Today... As always, we will start to see what's going on in the video game world. And with that, I will say, Happy Mario Day. And it's Mario Day because March 10th looks like Mario. I'm, I'm sure it didn't really... Anyway, Happy Mario Day, friends. Anyway, keep moving. Hey, how about this, right? Super Mario Land, sorry, Super Nintendo Land or Super Nintendo World, however they want to call it, will finally open at... at Japan's Universal Studios. Uh, it was pushed back, obviously, from last month due to you know the nature of things going on in the world, and that will now open on March 18th in uh, Universal Studios Japan. And of course, that means we also have an update on the U.S. version of Super Nintendo World, which will be opening at the third 
Universal, um, third Universal Studios theme park they're opening up in Orlando. And it looks like that is going to be pushed back. The opening of that is going to be pushed back until 2025. So do not expect the U.S. version of that to open until at least 2025. So that's going to be at Universal's Epic Universe Park, and that is actually per the mayor of Orlando, of all people. (laughs) They said the park won't open until 2025. Obviously, construction was halted for a number of reasons, and, you know, we'll we'll see. Unfortunately, it's two years later than than they had said, but that's what happens. Also, uh, moving forward, the CEO of Rockstar has promised that when... When GTA 5 makes its inevitable way over to PS5 and Xbox Series X, uh, he's promising it won't be a simple port. Uh, Strauss Zelnick, he's the CEO of Rockstar parent company Take-Two, so of course we say Rockstar here. Um, he was being interviewed by VGC or Video Game Central and uh, was asked about some things. He said, quote, remastering has always been a part of the strategy. We've done differently than the competition. We don't just port titles over. We actually take the time to do the very best job we can making the title different for the new release, for the new technology that we're launching it on. We improve the technology, we upgrade the visuals, and we make performance enhancements, and that's why I think our remastered titles typically do so well. Unquote. Uh, they didn't, then asked him about GTA Five. He said, quote, I'm confident that Rockstar is going to deliver just a great experience. But you can't do that if you're just doing a simple port, unquote. So they want to make sure that it will run smoothly, play smoothly, and look as best as possible uh, when it comes to Series X and, of course, PlayStation 5 as well. Uh, If you've been playing the game Artifact on mobile, PC, things like that, that is the card game that Valve makes as a competitor, competitor, of course, to Hearthstone. Well, they will be ceasing development on the game. So do not expect any future updates or expansions or anything like that as as the game will most likely be sunset in the near future. Um, Also, I don't know about you guys, but I stopped playing Marvel's Avengers. I know a lot of of other people have as well. And I I don't know what Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics are thinking, but but making the game harder to play is not a way to, to bring more people in. That's, like, I don't know what what the thought is there. But when you have a struggling game, the thing you don't want to hear is that... Hold on, I'm reading, because they changed things with Reddit. So, they changed in XP increase and stuff for grind's sake. Uh, they did say, quote, We did not change XP to increase grind for grind's sake. Our initial blog was not comprehensive enough to convey what we were doing and why. So he caused confusion. We get it, unquote. However, the progression curve is still not great. And it, they're, they're essentially making it a little bit harder to level up once you get into the harder levels, which, again, makes sense. But when your levels are drab and monotonous and are the same all over again, you know, that isn't fun. So... I'm not sure what what the thought was there, and it will now take three to five hours longer to max out your heroes each than previous. That when you have a game that you're trying to get people in, you don't want to make it longer for them to max out the heroes. That is really dumb. 
that <laughs> they in this article they quote the the top rated reply on Reddit and it says quote uh, someone's handle is Ant Antica eighty seven it says quote this is a terrible move level leveling up was never the issue the lack of content was unquote key point right there if you don't have content you don't make the game harder you don't make the grind longer you add more content the the issue is not leveling up it's this is a monotonous game to play. Level design is weak. Mission design is weak. This is the same conversation we had last week with Anthem. You can't come out with a game like this now in 2020, 2021, 2019 after Destiny and Destiny 2 have been out and are killing it in that space. You can't come out with a game with a lack of content in in that space. You're just you're doomed to, you're dooming yourself to fail in that instance. But while while they're they're changing the wrong things and fixing the wrong things the, the the best thing they can possibly do though is they're making the campaign replayable so it looks like I, I don't know what what happened but it if per game informer crystal dynamics announced that the change for their war table which is kind of the place you go to pick your missions and stuff uh, there will be a major game update next week so that that's when Hawkeye drops and of course the next gen enhancements but it looks like it is adding the ability to replay the campaign so that's going to bring more content in a game that's missing content but campaign replayability is not exactly you know i i don't i don't know i just it the game i think is just it's it's over and lost at this point if you ask me, it's going to be hard bringing people back. And I don't know. It should have probably just been a single player game. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, if you guys are excited for Diablo 2 Resurrected, well, you're in luck. Because if you play the original Diablo 2 on your PC in some capacity, you will be able to bring over your save files. Even ancient old ones from many moons ago i know people that were playing on on diablo 2 probably four pcs ago so if you still have those save files somewhere you will be able to carry those over into resurrected that's pretty actually that's pretty awesome i just want to see what that cow level is going to look like in glorious hd can't wait to see how that turns out anyway moving on uh the lead designer on hogwarts legacy of course the new harry potter game that that is coming out uh, I think next year is what it was delayed to. One that takes place in the 1800s and you go to Hogwarts and stuff. But uh, Troy Levitt, Levitt uh, has left Avalanche Software. He quit the project uh, because of con controversy surrounding his YouTube channel. And apparently he has a lot of videos that are express views that don't really... Look... He's allowed to have these opinions, just they're not based in fact or reality, and they are tend to be, you know, misogynistic and things like that, and that's not really someone you want working for you. And it looks like it, it also plays into victim shaming and victim blaming, which is not in any way, shape, or form a good thing. Because most of the time it's not true or it's not based in reality. Um, but he says he quit 
and he's made the decision and but he still has good things to say about the game and I don't know if that's a good thing to happen again this happens all the time sometimes it gets overblown in terms of a lead designer quitting not someone being an asshole online there's plenty of assholes online but hopefully this won't be a major detriment to the game or it's how the game plays or how it turns out I'm still excited for the game either way also, Razer, a great peripheral maker, of course, suddenly, unannounced, released a new peripheral. You know, they always come out with crazy wild things for, like, CES and E3. But this time, they actually are releasing this. It's a, they're a pair of $200 smart glasses with wireless audio. I just wish their face mask was actually coming. Um, but this is, a like I said, $200 smart glasses. Uh, so they're technically just blue light glasses, and they will help protect the wearer from 35% of eye strain include inducing blue light. Um, they will have a secondary pair of 99% UVA, UVB sunglass lenses that you can swap out. That's going to get dicey. And they will have touch controls, open-ear Bluetooth audio at 60ms latency, and you can uh, the touch controls will let you... Change and pause music tracks and media. Manage calls. Um, it will have an omnidirectional mic, so you can use them for for talking. You can activate smartphone assistance. Um, there will be EQ adjustments you can made from your app, from an iOS or Android app. Uh, they are being called the Anzu. Anzu will last five hours on a single battery charge. Um, but when it's not in use, so when they're not in use and they're folded up, they can have, last up to two weeks on standby power. Uh, it is water-resistant frame, so you can wear it for workouts and things like that. More than likely, if you're just using them as blue blockers, I mean, you don't need the music and smart features all the time, but they're good to have, probably. Uh, they will have rectangular and round frames in two sizes, uh, weigh 48 grams, no RGB lighting, which is, is usually standard on Razer products. And of course, those are available now to pre-order $200 smart glasses. And they're not like the Google Glass or anything like that, but they're smart glasses in the fact that um, they have a microphone, play music, and can activate your smart assistance. And then we do have some Microsoft news today. You know, last week was a little PlayStation 5 heavy. Today, you got some, some Xbox heavy coverage but the first of which is if you like pringles and you're a halo fan you can now get halo themed pringles wavy pringles at that at, at walmart uh they're called moa burger flavors and uh, uh moa is a creature from halo reach and of course native to the planet reach giant reptilian bird like things uh, and it's a special tie-in for Halo Infinite. It's it's funny that, that all this Halo Infinite stuff is coming out, you know, um, what would have been after the fact, but is now months in advance. But but uh, those are available at Walmart only if you so desire to uh, snag a tube. And uh, some people have said they're decent tasting, so who knows. But in terms of actual news... Uh, Microsoft has announced that they are looking into a fix for unresponsive controllers. And it looks like, um, per the loadout and other other 
uh, reports online, some people are having uh, unresponsive buttons on their controllers. And I, I have had this happen maybe once or twice. Uh, this this is bound to happen in first revision products. I mean, look at what's happening with the, the DualSense and, and Drift. Um, and a lot of players are, I guess, pressing a button and it will not result in an action. And apparently it's happening to controllers for the new Xbox Series controllers on both console and PC. And PC Gamer reported this as well. Uh, Microsoft did a, a release an official statement that says, quote, At Microsoft, we put all of our products through rigorous quality assurance testing and are committed to providing customers with an unparalleled gaming experience. We are aware some players may be experiencing unresponsiveness with their new Xbox wireless controllers, and our teams are actively working on a solution. For the best experience, we encourage customers to visit Xbox support for assistance, unquote. So, I, I, like I said, I've only seen this once or twice. I'm happy they're working on a fix, because if it is that much of a problem, that, that's the difference between a, a kill or not in, in, of course, Call of Duty, or, of course, certain things in, in Cyberpunk. If you miss a, uh, if you miss a certain prompt for a conversation, it, it could change the outcome of of what you're of the the different endings that are available so that that is that is a, a big deal and and luckily they are they are working on it my issue still and i i thought they fixed this but sometimes if i so if i'm playing and i have my headset connected and i turn the xbox off before the headset or the headset off first it will actually like dis unpair my controller and then I have to plug the controller in and into the console to, to get it to repair. It's a it's a little annoying. Luckily, it doesn't happen all the time. But I've noticed it only happens if I turn the headset off first. I know I know they are aware of that situation. I know they're trying to figure that out. But it it it's only happening with my headset. And I know other people have seen that issue with with headsets causing unpairing. But be on the lookout here for when that eventually does happen. Um, also, they announced that. The Xbox One and Series consoles are getting uh, an upgrade or update to Microsoft Edge, the the internet browser, of course, on the console. So Microsoft recently updated their Edge browser anyway to be Chromium-based. Chromium-based meaning like Google Chrome. And (laughs) per The Verge, people who are in Xboxes, um, they have a... skip. uh, They have a uh, Xbox Insiders program where you can actually get builds of of the um, builds of the UI and uh, software ahead of time. So there's a version called Alpha Skip Ahead where you can get like the newest stuff right away. And people in that new version have found, even though it doesn't have mouse and keyboard support yet, uh, it's better than, than Edge right now on console, which browsers on console are just a broken experience in general. I don't know why it's so hard to get it to work with a controller. And I would always just use my phone when they had the companion app where I could use the phone as like a, a, a touchscreen cursor. But but besides that point is you can actually, now that it's Chromium-based, you could theoretically play Stadia and Amazon Luna through through Edge on your Xbox Series console or Xbox One. Which which is hilarious. That you I mean you're not gonna, most people aren't gonna do that. That defeats the purpose. But it's interesting to say the least. And of course that means it, someone could play the Game Pass through the browser once they offer Game Pass and Game X Cloud streaming through browser later this year. And oh, they did say this cult could also improve compatibility 
uh, with Skype and Discord, which is also good, and a lot of things. But it, it will also integrate uh, their sync features, so you can use it for different uh, tasks like you would if you were using it on a desktop or a, a tablet or things like that. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, turns out. But also, it was not their biggest news this week. The acquisition of ZeniMax Media by Microsoft is officially complete. It was approved by U.S. regulators and European Union regulators earlier this week. So essentially the deal is complete. The, the acquisition is complete. And on Xbox Wire, Phil Spencer welcomes ZeniMax, Bethesda, and all their studios uh, he said, quote, now that everything is official, we can begin working together to deliver more great games to everyone, unquote. Uh, more news will be coming later this year. On a blog post, uh, Pete Hines of Bethesda wrote, quote, we're not making any landmark announcements or changes right now, um, but we'll be working on putting even more of our games into Game Pass than ever before, unquote. So they also said Bethesda games will be coming to Game Pass uh, by tomorrow, I think it said. So be on the lookout for that news. Uh, also, they did say that, quote, with the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that on Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. Um, that was also from Phil. Um, he also said that, quote, making games the way it always has, unquote, in terms, of course, leaving Bethesda to do as what they will. They're not going to change Bethesda. And uh, uh, they've already established that they're going to be working under a different umbrella. They won't necessarily have the Xbox Game Studio splash screen um, like some of their other ones will. And remember we reported a few weeks back they might have seemingly set up a company called Vault to handle all the ZeniMax stuff. Um, but with the acquisition now complete, they will now own... Alpha Dog Games, Arcane Studios, which has offices in France and Texas, Bethesda Softworks, which includes Bethesda Game Studios in Maryland, Austin, Dallas, and Montreal. Uh, they get id Software, which is in headquartered in Germany and Texas. They get Machine Games, Roadhouse Studios, Tango Gameworks, and of course ZeniMax Online Studios, uh, which brings their total of studios up to 23 now that they own. Um, they also clarified that some games will be Xbox PC exclusive, so not everything. And uh, they did say that, uh, so I read you the fill quote already. Um, also suggests, like I said, that some games. So it's it's not going to be, so we, we don't know if, if Fallout, or Fallout 5, we don't know about Fallout 5. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 will be exclusive. We don't know about Starfield, any future, you know, Doom or... Wolfenstein games. We don't know how it's going to turn out with the Indiana Jones game that's coming from Machine Games. So some games will be exclusive, some won't be, and we don't we don't know the extent of that just yet. But we we don't know. Again, we can't we can only speculate at this point. So it'll it be interesting to see how that happens moving forward. Of course, um, and of course, Bethesda's next two games are are technically exclusive to PS5 with Deathloop in May and, and um, Tango Games Works is Ghostwire Tokyo coming later in the year. But that's uh, that's an update for, for Microsoft and the ZeniMax acquisition, of course. Uh, moving forward, well, if you're a convict and you've escaped prison, the last thing you want to do is get caught, of course. You don't want to go back to prison. And someone who escaped from, from prison in, in England... 
has been uh, captured. So UK police um, recaptured someone who's been who escaped back in November from Spring Hill Prison in Buckinghamshire. Uh, he was serving a 17-year sentence, and he got caught because he went to buy Call of Duty. And someone asked him, so they spotted him and a friend out in Birmingham, and they asked him what he was doing out, and he said, quote, I've come to get the new Call of Duty because I can't sit around in lockdown, unquote. The dude was so bored, he risked going back to jail for a video game. And <laughs> he got his sentence extended for another 19 months. And it, uh, he said, quote, quite why he decided to risk being returned to prison by making the idiotic decision to come into town during lockdown with a friend to buy a video game re will remain a bit of a mystery, quote, unquote, said the West Midlands Police Superintendent Nick Rowe. <laughs> oh, my God. He escaped prison on the 28th. He was serving a 17-year sentence, so now it's getting closer to 20 years. How funny is that? Escape prison only to go into a lockdown and then get so bored you get caught again. Oh, that's funny. That is so very, very funny. Um, anyway, if you guys are living in Japan and your Nintendo 3DS breaks, well, you're SOL because Nintendo Japan has run out run out of repair parts for the Nintendo 3DS in Japan. Yes, that is that is correct. They've run out of parts. I don't even know how that's even possible. But but if if you're you you need your 3DS reported reported repaired in Japan, it's not going to happen. Um also sad news, uh V1 Interactive, um the studio behind the game Disintegration uh will be shutting down less than a year after their first launch. Um, the, of course, the studio was created by Marcus Leto, uh, co-creator of Halo, of course, back when he used to work for Bungie. The game shut down its servers just a few months after launch, and unfortunately, it just couldn't keep the lights on anymore. Luckily, they did say most of the staff knew it was coming, so it wasn't a blindside event like what happened with... Um, uh, what was that studio? Um, Telltale. They made the... the, the, the like storybook games. Um, but luckily, they hopefully will be able to find new jobs in time. But, but it's unfortunate that a, 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 a great veteran in the, the industry had to close the studio right after launching its first game. It's, uh, it's always unfortunate to see a dream like that fail. But it happens, and we can only wish them good luck. Maybe maybe you can come back to the Halo fold, Marcus. That'd be, that'd be a place we'd, we'd love to have you back in. And then, of course... With all this upheaval that GameStop has been facing, um, especially in, in stock turmoil, and their stock numbers are actually back back up. At end of trading today, GameStop stocks were back up to 257. So, wow, that's crazy. So about a week, so, you know, of course, everybody knows, we, we talked about this for weeks now, that GameStop, so they were down to 40 bucks uh, a month ago, right? And now they're way back up to... They were over 300 yesterday. Oh, today it was over 300. But now it's back down to 257. Um, GameStop will use some of this new capital, of course. And they are going to be shifting focus. They, of course, got a new CEO. The, the previous CEO just stepped down. 
and they're going to switch to e-commerce. So they announced the formation of a new strategic planning committee, quote, to, quote, to identify initiatives that can further accelerate the company's transformation, unquote. And the new people here are Alan Atal, Kurt Wolf, and committee chairperson Ryan Cohen. Um, they will go from a technology business that Cohen, um, oh, they're going to be trans changing into a technology business. And Ryan Cohen is actually the former CEO of Chewy, which is like an online dog food store. And I guess that's probably one of the reasons they brought him on as, as a board of director last year. And looks like they're going to be changing things up. And they said, quote, the company must, quote, promptly pivot, unquote, to a, quote, a technology-driven vision, unquote. So that means probably more store closures. And it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out with things moving forward and if they can compete with Amazon and other things like that. So very interesting to see. Keep your eye on GameStop for the foreseeable future. Moving forward, if you guys are big fans of Rust, well, hopefully you didn't have anything on their European servers, as the developers behind Rust are worried that, or they they not worried, there was a major loss of data. Face Punch Studios, the developers behind Rust, uh, said that they lost a, a large amount of data uh, due to a fire at the data center where their EU servers were held. And uh, it says, quote, 25 of our EU servers remain offline due to a fire at OVH data center in the early hours of this morning. Unfortunately, the fire destroyed SBG-2 building. We're expecting a large amount of data loss across the affected servers, unquote. And uh, the fire broke out at 1247 a.m. local time in France and Strasbourg. And, quote, uh, they said uh, they're trying to replace those servers uh, data will not be able to be restored, though. Of course, this is a downside to not going to cloud-based gaming, as it would have been stored in the cloud, which technically is a server, but uh, it sucks that it wasn't backed up anywhere. And uh, you can find footage of, of the, the, dis the data center online of the fire, um, but unfortunately, they just will not be able to replace it. So if you're on any of their European servers... You might have to start over in Rust. But hey, that's part of the course for the game, right? That's it's all you do in, in Rust is get killed and lose all your shit. Also, in really shitty news, a EA employee is under investigation for possibly selling uh, rare and hard-to-find Ultimate FIFA Ultimate cards to family members. And, wow, this is really shitty. So... Reports began circulating early this week, and it, it it's possible that a m employee at, at EA was selling FIFA Ultimate teams in exchange for real money on a black market type situation. Uh, there are texts and screenshots of texts that apparently you only had to provide your PSN and EA ID. When people asked about if they'd be banned, uh, there was no risk, so clearly showing it was an EA employee. And they had think different cards of up to $895 each, three icon cards, uh, two team of the year cards for a thousand euros each, which translates to $1193, uh, $1193. Uh, $1193. 
And EA did say that, quote, a thorough investigation is underway, and if we identify improper conduct, we will take swift action. We want to be clear, this type of behavior is unacceptable, and we in no way condone what is alleged to have happened here, unquote. Of course, FIFA Ultimate Team cards are very rare and very sought after, and there, there is a, a secondary market for them already, but it's, it's not good when an employee is selling them for pure profit, and, and essentially you're, you're cheating, you're circumventing. It's not where you're buying them from other players, it's you're buying them straight from the developer and circumventing the whole aspect of them, which is technically gambling to some, um, but it is a random draw. So it's just like opening a, a deck of, of Pokemon cards or Magic cards. It's, you don't know what you're going to get. So it's, it's not, essentially, again, it's it's not fair and it's circumventing the, the, the rules and the actual situation. So that's that's why it's it's frowned upon, that's why it's not good. It's just, that's a really shitty thing to do. Um, but last thing I do want to talk about today is a new game was announced today called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And it is coming to the PC. And it's essentially a, like, side-scrolling beat-em-up game just like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, uh, arcade game. Same art style, same everything like that. So it's the early 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons. And... First off, it looks great, and I definitely would love to play this. So no, no release date yet. Um, they hope to bring it to consoles and Steam, and oh man, that is going to be so fun. I cannot wait to play it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge coming soon to PC and console. Now, if we could just get another Simpsons beat-em-up game or uh, or re-release the original arcade game if possible, that that is that is what people that give the people what they want. <laughs> um, but that's it for gaming today. Let's let's move into what's going on in TV land, shall we? Uh, Nickelodeon and Paramount Plus have announced that they have greenlit another new SpongeBob spin-off show. This one, however, focusing on everyone's favorite sidekick, Patrick Starr. So yes, the Patrick Starr show will premiere this summer on Paramount Plus, and I think later on Nickelodeon. Ho ho ho! Hey, SpongeBob. I would have preferred a show about Gary the Snail, or maybe even Plankton, but I'll, I'll take a Patrick show. Um, also, if you guys were big fans of the Party Down series... Uh, that is coming back as a limited return series on Stars. You know, it, it had a big, big cast of very, very big names in in comedy and things like that. It was uh, Adam, Adam Scott, and oh shit, who's else? Uh, yeah, see, I uh, big names, and then I can't, yeah, then I can't even name the names. Uh, Ted Danson was in the show. Martin Starr, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Ken Marino. Uh, it was about a. They were all essentially. Um, like caterers in LA trying to make it big. Uh, Paul Rudd created this story, this series with Rob Thomas, who also created like Veronica Mars and things like that. So it's it's definitely a, a show worth checking out. And it it ran from 2009 to 2010, and uh, they did lose some of its cast members to other shows. So that was part of the reason it, it kind of didn't last as long. Um, but they are working on a limited series return. Uh, of the show, hopefully coming soon. Um, also announced the Duffer Brothers, the creators of Stranger Things, are working with Steven Spielberg 
on an adaptation of Stephen King's The Talisman. And that will premiere on Netflix. So two great people working together on a great project and coming soon. Also, we finally got the... Uh, uh, we reported a while back that we're, we are getting a live-action Powerpuff Girls show on the CW. Of, of course, it's on the CW. It will be about the girls being adults and dealing with not having a childhood. Um, well, we finally got our cast announcement. And in the show, we will be having Chloe Bennett of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fame playing Blossom. Dove Cameron of also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but also Disney's Descendants playing Bubbles, and Yana Peralt, who is more known in the Broadway world, will be playing... Uh, oh, crap, what's the green one's name? Um, holy shit. Buttercup, that's her name. Bubbles, Blossom, and Buttercup. So I don't know when the show is supposed to start airing or anything because obviously they just casted but this again will be a live action obviously teen angst type show given that it's on the cw uh probably hour length drama coming soon about the powerpuff girls it will definitely be led by an all-star cast of some people that are no strangers to playing superhero types of course um and how about this this is crazy despite all the hullabaloo that's going on today we're going to talk about that a bit Disney Plus has surpassed 100 million subscribers in just over a year. Disney Plus launched in late November in 2019, and now here we are at the beginning of March 2021. They're not even at a year and a half, and they're already at 100 million subscribers. That is a very fast and high milestone to reach so quickly. 100 million subscribers on Disney Plus, and they're aiming to have 100, 100 new whatever of their own uh, originals on the platform every year. The future is streaming, folks. Whether you like it or not, the future is streaming. Um, also today, a new trailer for the new Godzilla anime dropped online. Uh, no word on a U.S. release date just yet. Um, but it, it will release in Japan on the 25th. It's called Godzilla Singular Point. And it actually has some really cool takes on different kaiju. And it's bringing back Jet Jaguar, <laughs> of all people. But, <laughs> yeah, Jet Jaguar, one of the, the lamest kaiju in, in Godzilla, in the Godzilla universe. But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it does, no, it, it looks really cool. It looks to have some, some interesting takes the anime looks solid compared to the Godzilla anime that came out like last year or whatever, Godzilla Earth, because that was just like shit. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, Godzilla Singular Point, the trailer's out now. Uh, that will release March 25th on Netflix Japan, and it will stream internationally later this year. No word yet on if it will have a dub or not. Um, also, rumors are swirling right now that Obi-Wan Kenobi may have a recurring role in the Cassian Andor show. Do I believe this for one second? Not really. Because why? That would it just... Established canon does not line up with that. And just in general, that wouldn't make any fucking sense. Like, just in other terms of of like established storytelling in star wars like why why would 
why would Leia not know who he is if if he's playing into Andor? Like, I, no, I'm sorry, no. I just, I hope that doesn't happen. But I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. That, that just, let's keep Obi-Wan to his show. Let's focus on that. Let's not force him into Andor where he doesn't need to be. But hey, that that's just that's just me. Let let's talk about let's review some episodes, huh? Shall we? Before we move on to movies. So we're in week two of the Flash, and this I think was supposed to be the episode that was supposed to be the season finale last year, as it ends on a cliffhanger. And Barry was using the artificial speed force that they finally got working last episode with the uh, spoiler, the sacrifice of of the Wells identity. But there was a downside. Barry gained, like, super brain speed where he could process things way faster than, like, a normal anyone. And it started turning him almost like Spock, right? He 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 became devoid of emotion. He didn't factor in emotion into any given task. He became this cold, calculating robot-type figure and of course, caused a lot of stress and, and drama with the team. And all while, like, causing more problems with possibly the villain, who I'm digging what they're doing with Mirror Master or Mirror Mistress or whatever they're calling her. And in, in, I don't think they've given her a, a name just yet. Or Cisco hasn't given her a name. But so far, Season 7 is off to a good start for The Flash. I'm digging it. The cliffhanger, by the way, ends on... Obviously, Wells wasn't going to be gone forever. Granted, this is going to be a Harrison Wells we've never seen before. This is the Harrison Wells of Prime Earth that was killed by by Reverse Flashback before Season 1 took place. Theoretically, we don't know. that It could be an amalgamation of all the Wells. So, who knows? But hopefully, hopefully this, this shortened season allows for a proper story to be told on The Flash. Um, but at the same time, hopefully it's it's not a a detriment overall to the show either um, but we'll see as as season seven continues uh, on the cw uh, moving on let's talk about the wandavision series finale as as the episode was aptly called but it, it just kind of was underwhelming a lot of lingering threads were not completely closed um, wanda finally like, acknowledged everything that was going on. Her and Agatha had this really cool, like, witch fight up in the sky with things. Um, but then, of course, we finally get the truth that um, Hayward was really the villain of the, the, of the show, really, of, of the head of, 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 of S.W.O.R.D., and obviously he's not going to be the head of S.W.O.R.D. anymore. Uh, we got more with White Vision, who is now the true Vision, but now we have questions lingering about like, where was he during the events of Spider-Man Far From Home? Because this show takes place before. Then, of course, we found out that, you know, Evan Peters isn't playing a version of Quicksilver. It's just a trick Agatha played. And the director recently, like, sat down and talked about it. And, you know, he he talked about how it was just meant as, like, an in-joke casting. And honestly, I, you know, I, I've been looking on YouTube and stuff. When you really sit down and think about it, WandaVision... Of course, all these theories and plot threads are coming out that people are assuming. But we also have to sit down and remember that that WandaVision is was supposed to be fourth in in terms of, of Phase 4, right? It was supposed to be 
Black Widow last year, then, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, then Eternals, then WandaVision, right? And then go into Doctor Strange 2. But now, because of how everything changed, we got Spider-Man Far From Home, then now, of course, WandaVision, now Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming after... And then we're going to get Black Widow. So a, a lot of things have changed around and moved. And, and it's possible that when you start to put things in perspective, maybe maybe we're like reaching or overreacting a bit. And, and obviously that Evan Peters thing might tie into that more than anything. But, but at the same time, it's like, well, where was White Vision and Far From Home? Like that's something he would definitely stick, stick his head into. Obviously, you know, they're, they're, they didn't plan for that accordingly. But... Again, there, there's a, a lot of things that, that we're left wondering. Who is Jimmy's... Um, who is who's Jimmy's missing witness? And it turns out that Monica's engi- aero and aerospace engineer friend was the person she met up with. It wasn't a tease for anyone. Um, we get hints at Monica being either in uh, Captain Marvel 2 or in the Nick Fury Secret Invasion show because a scroll makes themselves known. Um, we don't know yet how Wanda factors in into Doctor Strange 2. I mean, she finally becomes the Scarlet Witch, gets a badass new costume, um, but then goes off somewhere to read the Darkhold, which it turns out that book that, that Agatha had is the Darkhold, which is a different Darkhold than what was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Runaways, which are technically part of the MCU, but technically not at the same time. Because those were Marvel TV, which doesn't exist anymore. So there's a lot of things going on, and and we'll see if it gets a second season, or how it ties in with Doctor Strange 2, or even if it ties in with with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So there's a lot of things that could still happen. But overall, for that episode, it was was very underwhelming. And, And Wanda seemed to have been putting all these people through turmoil, and just kind of gets off scot-free almost and it's like well yeah she's going through grief but at the same time it's like you just mentally like took over all these people and i saw a lot of fucking galaxy brain takes online but it'll be it will definitely be interesting to see where it goes there were several post-credit scenes it looks like the multiverse is going to factor in at some point it's just Maybe some of us online were reading way too far into things and we just need to sit our butts down and and on sit and really think before we start spouting off theories. So it'll be interesting, of course, to see how how things go from here and how Falcon and Winter Soldier plays out. Then, of course, uh, Black Widow and then Eternals, of course, and how those all play into Phase 4 and beyond in, in the MCU. Uh, that was it, though. Like I said, it was just an underwhelming episode for a, a finale be it series or or season and it just it just it was a major tonal shift from the rest of it and it just was it, it was interesting to say the least but underwhelming overall uh that's it for tv let's let's uh shift over in, into movie gears now so uh we got our first images and plot description for space jam a new legacy and it's not it's not going to be cartoon. It is actually going to be like computer generated bugs and stuff like this. And apparently they go on a, a journey through a server verse. And this is why other Warner Brothers properties will 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 factor in as they go through the whole, you know, Warner Brothers universe, apparently. And uh, LeBron James plays a, quote, heightened version of himself. Um his son Dom is played by someone called Cedric Joe. 
uh, and Don Cheadle plays like the 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 villain, if you will, and they're going up against the Goon Squad this time, not the Monstars. So uh, I don't know. It looks interesting. I'll give. I'm not gonna watch it in a theater. This is definitely a movie I'll watch on HBO Max. And a lot of controversy has come out of it. Uh, of course, Lola Bunny has been made a little more, I guess, not as provocative, which has gotten a lot of people upset online because Lola Bunny made a lot of young men furries, I think, in the 90s. And don't get me wrong, in no way was Lola Bunny really provocative in the last film. It's just, she's not as, uh, not as busty, I will say, in this one. People are calling her flat-chested. Um, what's cool, though, is she's actually living on Themyscira with, like, Wonder Woman and shit. In, in this movie, so that's actually really cool. But that's not even the controversy. The controversy is over Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew and his, I guess, one scene in the film have, have been pulled. And it, given today's climate, everyone's claiming, cancel culture, cancel culture. And and no, okay? I want, I want everyone to hear me right fucking now. Pepe Le Pew was not canceled, okay? I mean, yes, technically he was... But if you really sit down and think about it, Pepe Le Pew maybe should have been canceled a long fucking time ago. Okay? Cancel culture is not what the media would like you to believe it is. In, in general, what it is, is it's the removal of, of old stereotype f- type imagery. Uh, the removal of, of things that aren't really commonplace anymore or aren't, aren't acceptable by today's standards. It's not erasing history by any fucking means morons who say it's erasing history if you ask me they're 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 idiots and they don't they don't really understand the 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 concept here it's not being erased okay it's not it's just not being celebrated it's not being uh, enjoyed it's not being put out for everyone to see i didn't talk on the dr seuss thing because it didn't warrant a fucking response and i'm gonna rant here for a little bit okay because just because things were okay in the past doesn't mean they're okay anymore. With that being said, I understand that you cannot judge history by modern standards, but this is not history. This is something that is still used or viewed, things like that, that, that shouldn't be anymore, okay? And, it, and I'm not going to stop here, because we're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit more of it as well. But when it comes to Pepe Le Pew... Like, this dude always gave off a bit of a rapey vibe, right? Like, come on. He was a skunk chasing a cat who he thought was a skunk and wouldn't fucking take no for an answer. Like, do you want do you want people seeing that? And then ultimately the cat gives up and just gives in and, and lets him, like, mack all over her? Like, no. We should not be showing this to people. And if you do show it to your kids, don't be an asshole and just let them watch... But explain it. Just like the Muppets weren't fucking canceled. They put disclaimers in front of episodes. Hey, this shit that goes on isn't okay anymore. Like, it wasn't fucking canceled. It was like, he's stayed beyond his welcome. Okay? You can even find... It's been making the rounds this whole week. There's old Dave Chappelle stand-up from like 20 years ago calling out Pepe Le Pew. There is a time and place for everything. And some things, like I say, overstay their welcome. Pepe Le Pew, as a character, should have been changed a long time ago because it was it was borderline rape and very close to sexual harassment. Like, wake the fuck up, people. 
The, the same people complaining about cancel culture are then the same fucking people who want parental advisory and R-rated movies and all this shit to go away too. They're the moral police and they're playing these fucking little games to when it suits their fucking needs. It's all fucking bullshit is what it is. Okay? And and then these people, oh, we'll cancel Dr. Seuss and Pepe Le Pew, but fucking WAP is the number one song. That enrages me more than fucking anything. One thing is for children, one thing is not. Okay? And that isn't that song isn't derogatory towards a group of people. It's not derogatory towards, like, it's not hurting anyone. Maybe it's hurting your sweet little virgin ears if you don't like the song. Maybe it doesn't conform to your religious book. Okay, but people talking about sex and, you know, being horny and shit has been part of the human race for fucking ever. Okay, the Romans were doing it, the Greeks were doing it, and every culture before them were doing it and talking about it. Cannot compare the fucking two. One is promoting violence, not violence, but one is one is pr promoting something that's just not oh fucking okay anymore. And the other is just saying, hey, I'm fucking free and open with my body. Two f totally fucking different things. Also, there's a clean version of WAP that plays on, on the radio and has parental advisory, and is not geared for, for second graders. The other is something that we shouldn't just be fucking teaching kids anymore, okay? They are not the same fucking thing. They are not on moral, they are not morally equivalent. And Pepe Le Pew was not fucking canceled. It was like, all right, we're done with this, okay? And I'm not even going to get into the Dr. Seuss thing, because all of you fucking morons who buy into the Fox News bullshit, and I'm not taking a fucking side here, I'm gonna sit down and tell you the fucking truth, okay? No one canceled the Dr. Seuss books, okay? It wasn't the woke liberal mob who did it. It wasn't fucking Twitter who did it. It was the Dr. Seuss Foundation who fucking prints the books and said, we're not gonna fucking print these six books that aren't popular and have not-so-great depictions of, of, of non-white people in it. And to be honest, I've thought I've read every Dr. Seuss book. I've never fucking heard of the six books that they decided to pull out of print. But all you fucking morons decided, like, oh, they're canceling Dr. Seuss. Cat in the Hat and the Grinch aren't fucking going anywhere, folks. The Lorax isn't going anywhere. If anything, he's going to put his axe in your fucking brain for being so stupid. Okay. And th this is this is literally free market is what happened. A business entity that publishes Dr. Seuss books decided to not publish their most underperforming books any longer. And all you morons who think it's being canceled, like, oh, let's go support Dr. Seuss. He's being canceled by the woke left mob. No, you played right into their hands and gave them more money. Because they're the ones that decided to do it. But because you can't see two feet in front of your fucking face, okay, you believe everything that you see on the TV and you don't realize that no one fucking canceled it but the people that make it themselves and they made it their own fucking decision. Just like what's going on with Pepe Le Pew. Okay? Just like what's going on, what we'll talk about in a second with Disney+. Plus. 
I don't know why I have to go on this fucking rant. I, I don't know why people can't fucking think for themselves anymore. But when things are canceled, really look into the situation before you go start spouting off at the mouth. Because just because it was okay 50 years ago doesn't mean it's okay in 2021 and doesn't mean it should be celebrated or enjoyed, but, but spoken about in context, just as it would be done in a history class. Nothing is being erased. Okay. It's called, this is not okay anymore. Let's talk about this. It's no longer acceptable. Do not act or behave the same way. All right. Just like all these fucking people who complain about Pepe Le Pew being gone would be fucking livid in a character, if a character in, like, fucking Spongebob was trying to, like, kiss and, like, like wouldn't leave a female character alone until the person ultimately gave in. Like, they would be fucking livid if they saw that. But, but the one time they're going to get rid of a character that does that, they're, they're going to fight tooth and nail for it. Like, wake the fuck up, people. This is not the woke mob. It's called, this isn't cool anymore. Just like it's not fucking cool with what happened in Mad Men. People are like, well, you can't do that in an office anymore. Well, no fucking shit you can't. Which brings me to my next point, the fact that I have to keep talking about this. Dumbo and Peter Pan are not canceled, okay? They were pulled from children's profiles on Disney+. Plus. So if you set up a profile for your kid on Disney+, Plus, they cannot go pick and watch Dumbo or Peter Pan on their own. You have to do it as a parent, okay? There's disclaimers in front of the movies already, but it's also trying to tell you, hey, there's depictions in this movie of certain people of color that aren't okay anymore. Dumbo has, you know, minstrel-type characters that are not okay when it refers to the crows. And, of course, it depicts uh, black people in a certain way that is not acceptable any longer. And Peter Pan depicts characters that are Native American that uh, speak gibberish, call them redskins, things like this. These are not acceptable terms. This is not acceptable any longer. That's why they want to make sure that you sit down with your kid and explain this is not okay, this is not allowed. But no, all you fucking rubes out there, and I'm not talking to my audience, okay? I, I know, I hope you guys are smarter than that. I'm so angry that I have to fucking do this, but no, they're not being canceled. They're not being fucking canceled. It's called sit down, talk to your kid, tell him what's okay and what's not anymore. That's all it is. I don't want to have to have these conversations on this podcast, but unfortunately, it weasels its fucking way into everything we talk about. And I'm not going to ignore it, because ignoring it just lets the problem persist. Okay? I don't like having talks like this on this podcast, because it's not what we're about. But when it becomes a problem, and when it, it, it seeps its way into everything we want to talk about, that's when I have to talk about it, and that's when I'm going to give my honest fucking opinion. But but nothing is being erased. It's, it's not really being canceled. 
You can go find it everywhere. It's not it's not canceled. It's just wake the fuck up and that shit's not okay anymore. That's all it fucking is. Okay? Sit down, tell your kid this is not okay. This is not how we we treat people. This is a inaccurate depiction of people and move on. Don't be a fucking crybaby and say, "Well, the rap songs, blah, blah, blah. rap songs aren't for children." Okay? They're not. Yes, I know kids are going to listen to rap songs, but they're not marketed to children. They're not med- made for children. They are made for adults who can think for themselves. But clearly, adults can no longer think for themselves. And that's the end of my rant. I'm not, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I'm fucking not. I'm just, I'm so angry. I am so angry about it. It's, it's, it's fucking annoying. Let's, let's move on. To other happier subjects. It looks like we might be getting more eight, uh, Harry Potter sequels or expansion of the franchise. Obviously, HBO Max presents a, a new avenue for that. The uh, Warner Media chief, Jason Killar, Kyler, uh, talked about potential expansion and uh, he said, quote, there's this little thing called Harry Potter, which is one of the most beloved franchises. And we're incredibly thankful to be able to partner with J.K. Rowling. And so I would argue there's a lot of fun and potential there as well, unquote. Uh, they also said, quote, discussion about possible sequels for Harry Potter. Um, came, said, uh, quote, the creative fortunes going forward for Warner Brothers, unquote. So it looks like it might be a potential. Obviously, you know, J.K. Rowling issues notwithstanding. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that one today. It's a can of worms I'm not opening. But but anyway, uh, you know, uh, currently they said, quote, there are no Harry Potter series in development at the studio or in the streaming platform, unquote. Obviously, that doesn't mean there aren't things in the future. Um, so just we'll see if things change. And I know I'm sure eventually things will, will happen. Um, obviously, we're still getting our third uh uh, Fantastic Beast film and things like this, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. is is essentially what what he's saying there. Um, we also got news on the Star Trek movie front. Kalinda uh, uh, Vasquez has been hired to write the next Star Trek film. So I think this is separate from the Tarantino film. Uh, it will be produced by JJ if it gets greenlit. Uh, but uh, she is known for writing on Fear the Walking Dead that show. Uh, however, it is unknown currently if it will take place in the Kelvin timeline and continue the, you know, the JJ reboot storyline, if it will go back to the Prime Universe, if it will be a continuation of, of, of any of the shows or or anything like that. Hell, they could even go to the 31st century like what Discovery's doing now. But there is no word yet on, on anything other than she's been hired to do it. And if it does get made, she will be the first female writer on a Star Trek film. So we'll see what happens. That is an ever-revolving door when it comes to the next Star Trek film. Also, if you were watching um, or tried to watch Tom and Jerry this weekend on on Disney, or Disney on HBO Max, you might have been treated to a leaked version of the Snyder Cut. Yes, HBO Max, some HBO Max subscribers reported that while attempting to watch Tom and Jerry, they were greeted with the, the Snyder Cut version of Justice League, um, obviously before it was, was pulled, they got to watch about apparently an hour of it before it was ultimately pulled from the platform and 
Tom and Jerry was was rightfully restored. So, uh, but nothing actually leaked from it. So I don't know what happened there. I don't know how no one caught wind of that. Oh, mainly probably because. People sitting down to watch the Snyder Cut were not, like, comic book fanboys, like, waiting to watch it, and were actually just families trying to watch Tom and Jerry. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Um, Amazon has announced that Coming to America had the biggest streaming launch during COVID, apparently. I watched it last night, and I have some thoughts. We'll talk about that in a second. But Amazon is claiming that the biggest movie of 2021 so far is Coming to America which is coming to America, you know, the sequel. Uh, it premiered on Friday on, on Amazon Prime. They haven't released any official numbers, but they said it drew the largest weekend debut viewership of any streaming movie in the past 12 months of the pandemic. I don't know how they would know that, but they also said that it exceeds the numbers of Woman, Wonder Woman's 1984, which had a debut, you know with its subscribers on HBO Max doubling to 17.2 million people. Apparently it's ahead of Borat 2, or Borat subsequent movie film, and they said tens of millions of people watched Borat subsequent movie film. So we don't have the actual number, though. So um, I don't know how they verify streaming numbers, because, like, does that count people who started the movie? Does it count people who finished the movie? Like, how does it count? Like, what if you started the movie but only watched 10 minutes? What if you started the movie and only watched half an hour? Like, how does, how do they count that? And we'll talk about why I'm going to factor that in, especially on this movie. But, yeah, coming to America. Coming to America. You know, it's the number two because it's the sequel. And there's not a lot of America in it. Um, also, how about this? How about being petty much? <laughs> Avatar, yes, Avatar, is getting a re-release in China this week. China only. And, I, you know, it's weird, but I guess, I don't know if you guys know this, but Avatar was the highest grossing film of all time until Avengers Endgame came out. And, you know, there's just a $7 million difference. And, hmm, I wonder why Avatar's being re-released 11, 12 years after it initially released. And why, I wonder why China only. That's so weird. I wonder wonder why. Someone's being petty, it seems like. Or something, something must be going on. But I wonder why they would do that in China only. Hmm, I wonder. Obviously, James Cameron's being petty and doesn't like the fact that his movie isn't number one anymore. And Disney doesn't give a shit because they own both now. So <laughs> re-release in China, make that seven mil, surpass, surpass Endgame. <laughs> That'd be funny. And um, speaking of you know Disney and Marvel and things like that, Black Widow is still intending to release May seventh in theaters. And I swear to God, I hope theaters open in the next couple weeks so I can watch Godzilla vs. Kong in a theater. But anyway, before before we end our show today, I do want to talk about Coming to America. And the original Coming to America is, is honestly one of my favorite films. It's one of the best comedies of all time. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, great fucking movie. Okay, the problem with Coming to America is a few things. For one, it's not rated R, which... 
I, I don't know how you fucking make this movie with it not being rated R. The first half of the movie is so just almost unbelievably bad. It, it's, it's a parade of cameos. I said to my friends, I was like, this is like if SNL decided to make the sequel to Coming to America. Like, and it was going to be on Saturday Night Live. That, that's what the first half of the movie felt like. And that's not something you want you want a movie to be. You don't want the first half of a movie to be shit, right? Because then you don't then people aren't going to sit through the second half. The second half of the movie honestly is what should have been the first half of the movie and then they go somewhere else with the story from there. Because the first half of the movie is just full of just it callbacks are good when they're then when they don't feel forced and when they're not too over the top. And that's the problem with coming to America. For me at least, it was just a lot of things were just so over the top and not funny anymore that this movie should have been made like 10 years ago. And a lot of the stuff is tired in it. There, don't get me wrong. There's good stuff. There's good comedy. The women are very attractive. Um, but, hell, there's a callback to uh, like a joke. So, in the first movie, Eddie Murphy's character gives like money to these bums who turn out to be uh, Don Amici, and I forget the other actor's name, but two characters from another Eddie Murphy movie. They're actually this, they're playing the same characters that Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd ripped off in the movie Trading Places. And their like, grandson plays in, played by Colin Jost in the new one. So I, I, don't get me wrong, that was cool. And um, Wesley Snipes' character, even though he is like somewhat of a joke was actually really good. The rest of the movie though, it's like it's like a care it's more of a caricature of just things in general than the first movie was. And that's the problem. That shit is so played out nowadays that you can't like you can't get away with it. And the first film took itself way more seriously than this film did. And it, it, and it's to a fault. Because I wanted to like this movie. I really did. It just... It fell flat for me in too many places. Characters were way underutilized. It's like, oh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hollerback, but you barely use them. And then you create new characters that are just way over the fucking top. In a joke. You waste James Earl Jones. You waste Leslie Jones. You waste Tracy Morgan. Like... This, this this movie turned into a parody of itself. And that's my issue. It it just it it did not fit tonally with the first film. It had two it it retreaded the same ground, which not good either. And and then they they create this storyline that doesn't match with, with with what the first movie was about. Like, they, they insert Leslie Jones's character in. They say Akeem was drugged, and that's how he got her pregnant. Like, no. That doesn't fucking fit with the movie. Like, he was... It doesn't it doesn't make sense. It really does not make sense. And the whole time I was waiting, like, oh, it turns out it's Semi's kid, right? Because he was the one who fucked around in New York. No. And it's... It's disappointing. And it just... It fell flat for me way too many times and was childish at points. Like, I I should have been laughing the whole movie and I wasn't. And and just, 
like I said, if you took the first half, got rid of it, started with what the second half of the movie is and went from there, would have been a whole way better movie. But they they didn't. And then, of, of course, like I said, they forced in characters that didn't need to be forced in, like the Reverend Arsenio played. And other other like the sexual chocolate guy did not I mean it's great that he's back but he didn't need to be back I like that they brought St. John's in because St. John's is near and dear to me and, and having gone there and of course it played a big role in the first game and it's Queens so makes sense but the the only characters that really should have come back of, of them dressing up were the, the barbershop guys that makes the most fucking sense Granted, I don't know how the fuck they're still alive, but you know what I mean. But, like, the sleazeball reverend didn't need to come back. The the weird character Arsenio Hall plays in the beginning of the movie as this, like, shaman dude, not necessary. Um, The sexual chocolate guy, cool, but, again, not necessary. And there was weird callbacks to the old films, like McDarrell's. McDowell's in fucking Africa with with Louis Anderson, but now he's in Africa. Like, no, come on. Like that just that's overkill. It it I I don't know. They clearly had fun making the movie, but there were just things to me that were unforgivable and just tacky and way too over the top. Like I said, it, it's almost like as if it was a parody of the first film and not like a sequel. And that was my issue. But, I don't know. You guys might have liked it. It was just, it was whatever to me. Like, it wasn't wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It was just, like, mediocre. And that's okay. It just, it deserved better, for sure. And Eddie deserves better, for sure. But, that's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. I know it's a bit of a long episode. I'm sorry that I had to go on that rant, and I um, if you disagree with me, fine. I, I don't, that's your right to disagree with me. I just, if you sit down and look at the reality of the situation, that's what it is. Not everyone's going to do that. I, I don't want to go on these rants. I don't want to have to do that, but sometimes I have to. And I'm sorry, I really am. And hopefully we don't have to do that anymore moving forward. Because Nickster News is about fun, it is about nerd shit, it is about nerd news, it's about video games and movies, and just enjoying life and what life has to offer. That's it for Nickster News. As always, check out nicksternews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen to us on the go, there's links to our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast pages. That way you guys can like, subscribe, and, and all that from there. Also, while you're at nixnernews.com, stop by our social media tab or social media page where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Also, all the feeds are right there on the website, so you can see them in one handy-dandy place. We post a lot of funny memes, all for your convenience. Um, But with that being said, I am your host, Nick, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.